0: Hey everyone, I'm Kyla, welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. welcome back everybody to things today i'm going to be talking about web3 what is web3 why does web3 exist and sort of the drama that happened last week around web3 i think it's important to talk about it because everything that we do ultimately boils down to narratives and what we saw last week was a really great example of narratives happening in real time for a very brief recap uh web3 is this concept that is somewhat married into crypto where it's like the future of how we interact with the online interface so web one was read web two is going to be read write and that's going to be facebook social media etc what we're most familiar with and then Web three is theoretically this read write own where instead of twitter or instagram owning all your data you own your data and you're able to benefit it's a lot of digital property rights and that is meant to be the future of how we interact online there was a very big debate last week from jack dorsey who is the ceo of twitter obviously a web2 founder versus uh I felt like half of the internet <laughs> there was a lot of people who disagreed with him a lot of people who did agree with him jack is a bitcoin maximalist, meaning that he thinks that bitcoin is going to be the answer to everything and everyone and everyone should use bitcoin but he is also apparently anti-vc venture capital meaning that he doesn't think there should be centralized money flowing into these web3 systems so he tweeted out you don't own web3 the vcs and their lp do. It will never escape their incentives. It's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label. Know what you're getting into. And then he had a lot of pushback from people and he answered, it's a fight against rich dudes. He's not anti-Eth. He's anti-centralized VC owned single point of failure and corporate controlled lies. That's where he's coming from. And then Mark Andreessen, who is one of the founders of Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z, the biggest VC player in a lot of these spaces blocked him. So Mark Andreessen, blocked him. The whole thing really became this conversation around who owns what and why. And I think that's sort of what it all boils down to is the builders are building, but who is building and how they're building and who is funding what they're building. That seems to be the biggest point of contention. And so across the board, you just saw a lot of pushback. Chris Dixon, who works at a 16 Z and tweets, all sorts of things about web three said, you know, he thinks Bitcoin is great, but there's other important applications. Jack was like, no, it's really the systems that we're trying to get into. It's really conversation around how things are being built, not who is doing what. So it kind of is boiling down to this idea of narrative and there's a lot of pushback across the board. And I spoke about this in one of my most recent videos, like this idea of the crypto trade-off in order to have a narrative, you have Three main things, right? You have narrative creation, you have narrative resistance, and you have narrative disruption. Narrative creation is what everything goes through all the time. You're constantly telling a story, you're constantly trying to describe yourself to others, and you're constantly trying to describe the world to yourself. I and mean, crypto is constantly doing that all the time. And the problem with crypto is that it tends to be interpreted in the extremes of the distribution. People are like, oh, this is either a money laundering machine or oh, this is a utopia, and there isn't a whole lot of people who are kind of in the middle of the distribution who are like, okay, I understand there's cat- and subtleties and contradictions to this. Then you get narrative resistance where you do have people who say like, no, I don't think that crypto is the future. And then you have people who are going to secede from the United States and and only have crypto states. And then you have narrative disruption. And so that's going to be players like Elon Musk, Jack Dorsey, who are battling against whatever main narrative is trying to be passed across. So Jack Dorsey is a disruptor because he got Twitter up into (laughs) into arms. So that's kind of what happened over the past few weeks is like there's this big conversation around what web three is and and what it means. I think to sort of caveat all of this, and I think it's just important to say humans are humans and humans are going to play certain games with each other. There's Darwinian winnings of survival. Survival is really a function of tribal games. And so really what we're all doing at the end of the day is just trying to, (laughs) trying to calibrate to the market with crypto that's happening, especially noticeably because there's rug pulling, there's grifting, but there's also like amazing things happening. Helping people become financially free, helping people to benefit from the ownership stake that they have in certain companies. So there's a lot of benefits to this narrative creation process, but I will say that there is a lot of gameplay, a lot of Ponzi games in the schema as well. I made this sort of visual because i think it's important to walk through all these different things that go on in the crypto space and and sort of like how a company is formed and what it looks like so take all of this with a grain of salt because it doesn't quite work this way but this is just a very basic overview really a company is a narrative right so a company is a story that we tell and a company has three main things customers salespeople and builders and customers break out into four different things neutral customers interested customers enthusiastic customers and religious customers depending on what type of customer you are you're going to like the system a lot more versus other customers customers who treat your product like it's a religion they're going to be a lot more favorable and favored towards whatever you're building the ones who are like out you know in the streets fighting for the next iphone kind of deal whereas neutral customers might not be that interested and within a company you have sales people and builders the sales people are going to be the ones selling your narrative builders are going to be the ones building the narrative building the product and everything boils down to that narrative right so a company is a narrative and the age online, your customers do end up becoming your salespeople because everybody's online. Everybody's searching out different reviews, your customers. So this neutral to religious customer, they end up becoming your salespeople too, but they all interpret your narrative differently. Like you can have really three main narratives as a company. You can change the world. You can have an application or you can chill, right? You can do really good. You can do okay, or you can do bad. Once again, take it with a grain of salt. The issue with that is oftentimes companies will have one narrative and then money will come in and tell them, change that narrative that's where vc dollars come in so vc dollars are the ones supporting the company vc can be good where it's like yeah this is awesome or it can be bad where it's like we're gonna shill your product to as many people as possible assign a crazy evaluation and leave people holding our bags to the extent that jack was calling venture capitalists sort of parasites they do seek out companies that have massive exit returns it's companies in software who do have very high valuations because that's what the market values them at vcs have a certain agenda when they fund companies when you apply this sort of narrative company building to web three nobody really knows what web three is but there's this concept of collective effervescence which my friend taught me about and this is the idea that people come together to participate in the same things right so that's the concept of hodling. and this really applies to crypto it's collective effervescence and then all these different narratives kind of pile underneath that how people interpret this collective effervescence how they interpret the hodling narrative that is in crypto some people see crypto. Though, is just get rich. Some people see it as ownership, participation, and governance. Some people see it as a layer of infrastructure, an additional part of Web 2. And some people see it as a diffused network where there are different entities. So Web 3 kind of existing alongside Web 2. But really, the main narrative that Web 3. Is probably going to achieve or wants to achieve is this idea of protecting and owning and benefits. So protecting your data, owning your data, and benefiting from your data. Nick tweeted about this, but it's where you run your own servers. It's where you have digital property rights. Your internet native you don't have to register with a third party. It's anti-censorship. It's anti-exploitation, and it's really compounded by this element of FOMO. So the protect own benefit compounded by FOMO. And Kobe kind of wrote about this too in his substack that he published over the weekend. At the very end, usually when the meta is common knowledge among all participants the meta is already shifting to something else so it can be this ultimate narrative right of protect own benefit but crypto itself is a thread of other narratives as kobe said and wrote about where it's how do you benefit from all these different themes that are happening there's that main overarching goal compounded by fomo but there's all these different metas as kobe would say that exist within that how do you build and own and protect your own data? How do you become sort of like a business? How do you become twitter.com but for yourself? Or maybe not Twitter, because they don't do so well as a stock, but like Apple. For yourself right like how do you own everything that you do how do you benefit from the things that you do so there's really two main narratives within crypto so one this is going to change how we act as an economy this is going to digitize everything this is going to make us own everything this is going to change how we work how we play how we do things and then there's the second narrative on the other side of the distribution which is like this is a, just a promenade of wealth this is just a bunch of rich people getting richer and leaving everybody else behind and so we have those two extremes right and of course nothing exists within the extremes but those are sort of the two narratives that kind of crop up around crypto is like, this is utopia or this is a hellscape. (laughs) It's really a joke. That's kind of the thing that you have to be careful about with crypto is like a lot of the stuff that goes on is kind of a joke. People buying olive gardens. It's for fun. Part of the reason that crypto succeeds is because it's fun, right? Because it's interesting because there's things going on because you can buy a non-fungible olive garden and then once you get people buying non-fungible olive gardens then they're going to go and do other things with their money right and so crypto is getting people into the building through a bouncy ball playpen where you got kids pelting each other with those plastic balls pew pew and then getting them through the lobby once they go up the elevator that's where the impact happens but the world only sees the bouncy ball playpen and so it looks like what the heck it's like okay oh <laughs> this is not serious that's the problem is um, the narrative doesn't make sense to the world and crypto knows that and that's what the whole conversation on twitter about it, when jack sort of raised this, everybody was like well what the heck even is web 3 nobody really knows what's going on but the narrative is constantly being made so it doesn't really matter, nobody knows but you're building right. Pass at the wall, like something will stick, we'll figure something out. And that is sort of the incentive based mechanism that crypto has in place, where it's the McClelland theory of motivation, where you have need for achievement, need for power and need for affiliation. If you think about crypto, it's met that need for achievement. It's met that need for power, need for affiliation, Oh, you're crypto, you're in here with us now. And then, but going back to achievement, you're building the future. Crypto is beautifully built in their regard that it incentivizes people. Right? right not only monetarily but through association crypto to a certain extent has become an element of religion for people nothing you know wrong about that but i do think that people are finding their association and their beliefs in this and the issue is with religion is it's ultimately polarizing you have some people who don't believe in the things that you believe in and how do you deal with that right and uh you go to war usually medieval times but now you just go to war online and so that's the problem is that there is is so much happening in the tails of the distribution with crypto and the interpretation and the incentives where it can become polarizing to the rest of the world. I think to the point of VCs venture capital money flowing in is interesting because it makes it so, you know, instead of everybody benefiting from the upside, maybe that isn't right, but it, maybe it is right because how do you have a narrative? If you don't have money, you can't, you just can't do stuff without money. I realize I'm kind of talking in circles and that's sort of by intention just to show you how convoluted this can get and how complex, you know, what does it tr- and I talked about this in my trade offs video, but like what does it truly mean to be decentralized? What does it truly mean to like own things? What does it truly mean? And of course, everything will be probably a little bit more muted than we originally think because there's always going to be like an element of things getting in the way of the narrative, but that's kind of the, the thing with crypto is that we see the VCs doing their things and they do have pretty big web3 ownership especially in solana so it's like how does that go over with people and web3 is this constantly you know redefined narrative is it something that you own is it something that you host do you protect it do you defend it who is going to surveil you does does anybody surveil you but who do you turn to when you need something and i talked about this in my trade offs piece but it's great to own stuff but who do you call when things go wrong you don't have anybody so there's always that trade-off and that confusion around this um And uh, we've been here before, right? So like Web 2.0 was a really similar argument. People just want to use it. People now just want to make money off of it. And, uh, buzzwords are buzzwords web three at the end of the day. Like the general idea of it is to protect own benefit. And that's probably going to happen regardless of if it's called web three or not. This is just narrative, right? And and so that's the big thing to kind of get across here and in the markets at all times is there's a narrative. Tesla has a narrative. Apple has a narrative to a certain extent. Rivian has a narrative. Uh, Narrative is really how you tell your story obviously and that's what is happening here is there's just a disagreement on how to tell a story and so the reason i wanted to talk about this today crypto can be confusing there's a lot that gets lost and what coin is gonna 100x 400x should i buy an olive garden but it's good to remember the potential of this stuff right what could this achieve what kind of world could we have so yeah I will be back. I'm I'm going to do a few more videos throughout the week. Sorry for last week. I just, there was a lot going on. I hope that you had a good holiday. If you celebrated, you want to go ahead and hit subscribe. That'd be awesome. And I will see you soon.